Good morning, everyone. On this Easter Sunday morning from the Father's Church, my name is Dennis Stewart, and I'll be teaching today. <clears throat> Happy Easter to everyone. And it, there's been, in the days that I was studying for this lesson, I kept thinking about Easter Sunday morning. And there's so many memories that we have of Easter tradition and so on. One of the early traditions leads me to one of my favorite stories. <clears throat> and I had been traveling all week and still had been teaching classes here at Father's Church. And I was behind. <laughs> I needed to press in and study and be ready for Sunday morning. So on Saturday, I was that's where I was, in my office, working hard. And Tammy had been the lone parent while I was out of town, and so she was catching up. And the kids wanted to color Easter eggs. <laughs> and so she, uh, she set it up. I was in there studying, and she, Heather was eight years old, and Ryan was four. And so she was... Uh, receiving instructions from mom on how to do it and then mom left and well thinking back on it that was pretty risky <laughs> eight and four all by yourself coloring easter eggs <laughs> but, but that's how we did it and sometime later i got to looking at these easter eggs and i picked one up and she did a great job coloring oh man it was and then she had the little wax pencil and she wrote on the egg and it said uh, Jesus saves and then I, I thought oh that's wonderful and she wasn't getting any help that was something she wrote and I got a little misty and I got, and I picked up Ryan's, and there was just scribbles, you know, four years old. I picked up another one of Heather's, and it said, God is love. That's good. Another one I picked up said, Prince of Peace, on that Easter egg. And I really started getting it misty. And I thought, she's getting it. She understands. She's only eight years old, and she understands. And there was others with three-word messages on the eggs that told me that she was getting it. She understood. And I was blinking back the tears. And uh, I decided to look at another one. I picked it up and rolled it over to see it. <laughs> Ryan is a dork. <laughs> So she was doing she was doing pretty good for a while there with the Easter eggs, but she's still eight years old. <laughs> so I think about that. I laugh about that every time I because that was imagine my surprise when I picked that one up. <laughs> so welcome to this Easter Sunday morning. The uh, title of this lesson is Complete Healing. And uh, during our, our spring seminar, Understanding the Times, I received healing from the condition of neuropathy in my feet and lower legs. Uh, I had been told uh, that there was no remedy for this, no cure for neuropathy as the part that I had and I had biopsies and sent them off to the labs and and uh, got the results back and yep you've got neuropathy Mr. Stewart no cure for this um, I had had this condition a little over five years and there was pain there was tingling there was all the things that that go with it and I had begun to notice a 
kind of like a tan line that might be on your ankle or your leg, you know, where below where your clothes are, there's a tan mark. But it wasn't tan. It was it was circled the leg, and below that, there was an off color on my foot and my leg. And over that five-year period, I watched it creep up my leg. And I'd look at that sometimes and say, Lord, <laughs> I hope I go before that tan lane gets too high. <laughs> I know it's not a tan line. And I'd pray for the healing. But I was healed during that seminar. So I've decided to teach this morning from the pastor's book called Wholeness, published in 2015. That doesn't seem like that long ago, does it? But in 2015, that's when it was published, Wholeness. And in this book, he uh, teaches on various types of Christ's healings in the New Testament, as well as his motivation for the healing. And I, w I would encourage you to read that book as soon as you can or to go back and reread it because the Lord is moving in healing. And scripture uh, carefully uses different Greek words for the type of healing that was necessary for people during Jesus' ministry. And many of us tend to think of healing as, as one-dimensional. You're either healed or you're not, you know. Uh, there's actually five major ways of looking at the kinds of healing, the types of healing. We know that based upon the words that were used in the original Greek. And there, the, the, uh, the problems that a person had, as well as the, how Christ addressed that problem and the different healings that took place, types of healing. And we know that, that Jesus knew the issues there in the person that was before them. And he addressed it. And he, he issued that type of healing that was necessary. And the beautiful thing is the Holy Spirit's the same way. And if you'll recall, he does nothing but what Jesus doesn't tell him to do. And so we have the same Holy the, the Trinity there in work, the Holy Spirit, following Jesus' direction by the power of God, healing. And it's happening today. It's happening among us. And we know that Jesus knew everything about the person before he prayed. Well, the Holy Spirit knows everything about us, doesn't he? Before we even pray. And he sees and knows everything and knows what our issue, our problem is. And he knows what's needed at the time of our healing to return us to our alignment with Christ's eternal plan and purpose for our body, our mind, and our spirit. We also think of healing often just one thing, body. Now, there's a mind and a spirit healing as well. And we'll see this as we go through today's lesson. And God has a had divine purpose for all three of those elements of uh, who we are, our identity. He wants to return us to uh, the place that we were originally intended. To be. These five uh, Greek words are sozo. Eaomai. Pugios, Exano, and Therapia. And with Therapia and Hugios, uh, excuse me, there's uh, a, a form of that word you'll see there that's an adjective or a verb or a noun uh, for those two. But it's the same root, and so we'll just cover them that way uh, for time. Let's look at sozo. Um, that's used so often. It's a matter of life and death, sozo. Very serious kind of thing that, that uh, someone needs an answer to prayer. It's a life or death 
situation. Uh, it means to save, to deliver, or to protect. Also to heal, preserve, to save. Uh, if you save yourself, that's a, a sozo in the natural. Um, to be whole or to make whole. And the, the primary word for that is sos, S-O-S. Where do you think we got S-O-S? Right there. Uh, being, uh, it's a nautical term for many, many years, which meant, uh, in our vernacular, save our souls. S-O-S, save our souls. This ship is going down, save us. And it has expanded in every language, really, for every kind of event where a person's life is in jeopardy. So you think of that kind of healing with sozo, uh, life or death, serious. It's used 93 times in the New Testament. Let's look at Matthew 19, excuse me, Matthew 1, 19 through 21. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he taught on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Uh, say he had to think about what he was going to say there for a minute, so that's why I paused. Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take away or to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save, sozo, that's what we were driving towards, which means to save, deliver, protect, heal, preserve his people from their sins. Sozo, very important. And now we know that sozo is not just healing in the natural, it's healing in the spiritual. Putting us back into a position where we will have eternal life as intended by God, once again, as intended originally in God's plan. Make whole, that's used nine times. It's still from that same word, sozo. And let's look at Mark 6:56 as another example. And whithersoever uh, he entered into villages or cities or, country or count county, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment. And as many as this touched him, were made whole. Sozo, made whole. Remember the woman that had the issue of blood? That caught on fast, and everybody was trying to touch his garment. <laughs> and that's what this uh, verse is addressing. And they were made whole. Sozo. They were healed. There's something about bleeding. If it doesn't stop, you're in big trouble, right? And she couldn't get this to, to stop. And so that was the seriousness of the situation. And she needed that kind of miracle to save her life. Sozo. Safety from the elements. Okay. Let's look at that. Matthew 8, 23 through 27. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there rose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But... He was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. Save, sozo, save, deliver, protect, heal, preserve us, Lord, or we perish. And he said unto them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey? As you would think, the word sozo is also translated heal. That's found three times. And be whole, sozo, two times. And I'll move on from there so we can get through this. We kind of tend to get caught up in the weeds sometime when we're asking for healing or asking for any kind of miracle from the Lord. Um, 
I've, I've found that my most passionate prayers sometimes are one word. Jesus. That's it. It makes me think of the first, or the words that we read in the Bible that says he knows where our needs are even before we ask. One word. Jesus knows what we're asking for. That's all it takes. Sometimes I think about my cousin and I who took trying took turns as we were growing up trying to kill each other. <laughs> and one day we were teenagers and we were up in Sandia Peak, it's a two mile high mountain and if you fall it it takes a while but you eventually land. And we had been to the top and we laughed as we stepped over the part that says danger do not enter. And <laughs> And, and God watches over you even when you're stupid. And we decided to kind of have a little, little race over to this thing we saw. But what we didn't say was this big gap <laughs> that existed between our side and the side where this object was. And uh, I was ahead at the time. And although we had traded positions as we tried to move over to that place, and and if you've been mountain climbing or know anything about it, you know a dirt slide is probably one of the most dangerous things that, that you can run into. And that's when a great body of dirt, six, eight, even 12 inches deep, begins to slide and just goes right on down the side of the mountain and over the cliff. And I hit one of those. And <coughs> I had one word prayer. Jesus. My arms and legs were going like a windmill. I was trying to outrun that dirt slide. And as I continued to fall down toward the cliff, <clears throat> I had my feet going as fast as I could. And as I was looking down, I could see the indentations. And I would try to dig in that spot. Finally, dig, was able to dig deep enough that I was able to claw my way into a, a stop and thought I'd lost all my fingernails <laughs> but I was able to claw my way to a stop and I realized that from the knees down I was over that cliff I look up to see where my cousin was and he hit me hard I grabbed, grabbed this little tiny tree pine tree held it bent over like this I was well past my waist now out in the air hundreds of feet down scared to death <laughs> and pardon me yeah I died <laughs> anyway we got out of there <clears throat> he was too scared to move <laughs> I ended up crawling over the top of him and then pulling him up. And, uh, but it was very difficult because everything you touched was sliding. And uh, so enough detail there, but, but there was a one word prayer, Jesus. He knew, what, he knew what my needs were. <laughs> and uh, if I would have stopped and thought, okay, first I have to thank him for all of the blessings in the past I'm going over the cliff, right? <laughs> Let's get to the heart of the matter here and fast. Sozo. Sozo. The next word is eaomai. By the way, I'm sure you've had that similar experience. I'd like to hear about them one of these days when we have time. If not to you, then one of your kids. <laughs> 
There's times all I said was Jesus, because that's all the time I had. Eaomai. It means to cure, to heal, to make whole, to cause to function properly. The purpose is the aligning to a person's divinely intended identity and role. And uh, the stripes that Jesus endured made the power of Eaomai possible. First Peter 2.24, it says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. Eaomai. We were cured. We were made to function properly. That's a different kind of healing for a different problem. Made to f- we were cured, made to function properly. <clears throat> at home, I, I don't have expensive artwork at home, but I'm proud to own a picture of one. And it's uh, a picture of a very famous painting. You may have seen it. It's of Christ. And it, every time I go out the door, I see it. And it's a, it shows his back. And on his back are great lashes. The stripes that he received for our healing. He Aomai. Sozo and all the others. And they're deep scars, black scars on his back that's, you know, from the dried blood. And it just looks awful on his back. But when you get right up close to it and you look very, very closely, those stripes are verses. They promise our healing. Each one. I've used my share of those. Yes. Um, or when they did the, I guess, cat of nine tails, is that what it's called? When they, beat him? they did it 39 times. Yeah. And it's scientifically proven that if they hit them 40 times, they die. Yeah. You know, it's like that 40th. Yeah. and um, it has been like scientifically proven in the medical community that there are 39 roots to every sickness like 39 yeah. so for every stripe he took it's like there's such a fullness in that process that for every medical condition that we can have can be come underneath one of those 39 medical Right. I think that's amazing. Right. <coughs> Thank you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <coughs> and uh, by whose stripes we were healed, were cured, were made to function properly. Healings of spirit, mind, and body. In Acts ten thirty eight, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing Eaomai, cured and made to function properly. All that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. You notice here that the word oppressed was used, not possessed. So Satan was pestering. He was bothering people. And they were cured of that and made to function properly. So there was that kind of healing, wasn't there? Which would be easier for, for Jesus to, <clears throat> to do? To heal someone, take up your bed and walk, to save them from your sins, or to make the devil behave? It's all the same to him. There's not some big ever-rated bunny up there with a limited charge. <laughs> it's, there's no... His power does not deplete when it when he uses it. It's never ending. It's without measure. Hugios. Hugios is next. I know it doesn't look like Hugios, but that's how it's pronounced. Unless you're from Texas, then it's something else. 
Ugios. Wholeness, clean, pure. To display the characteristics of wholeness, being clean and pure. We get our word hygiene from this word. A lack of hygiene tells everyone we are far from wholesomeness. <laughs> Making it very hard to be fruitful for the Lord. When I was a kid, I was in one of those holiness churches. <laughs> you could tell the moment you walked in where you were. <laughs> and they were inviting people to come and be just like them. It didn't work well. When Jesus asked if a person would be healed, he often used the word hugios, or a form of that word. And in this uh, passage that we're going to look at, there's actually three words for healing that we'll find. Woman with an issue of blood, Mark 5, 28 through 34. For she said, if I might but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Sozo, delivered, protected, healed, served. My life will be restored. I will not die. That was her faith. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed. Eaomai, that means cured and made to function properly. So her life was saved, and it was healed, and she was cured and made to function properly. Both of those things happened. Of the plague, by the way, that plague, that word used is, is uh, to be beaten. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone <coughs> out of him, turned him ab about in the, pro in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto them, to him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth and he said unto her daughter thy faith has made thee whole sozo i find it interesting that he used the word sozo which is the same word she used as she spoke to herself in faith that if she could just touch him she would be healed and she said sozo and he turned to her and said sozo you're healed. Your life is spared. I just saw you. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> hey, Dennis. Yes. Um, I was just thinking that since, since she used the same word and then he responded with the same word, um, it seems very similar to Good, good. Thank you. And then he told her, go in peace and be whole. And that word whole was hugios. Be clean, healthy, well, and proper hygiene. Healed of the plague. Okay. So, <coughs> hygiene. Restoring us to the proper function in life. Is it telling us that hygiene is for the proper function in life? Don't neglect hygiene. It's proper to have good hygiene. <coughs> Don't you wish everybody did? Sounds like a dial commercial, doesn't it? Pool of Bethesda. Now there's a place where there wasn't much hygiene. I won't, we, we will spare the details, but think about it. You'll find that it was a nasty place. After this, there was a feast of the 
Jews, and the Jews went to, to Jerusalem. Now there was a Jerus there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, not important folks, <laughs> impotent folks. They were important too, but weakly folks, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at the certain season to the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in and was made whole, hugios, clean, healthy, well, and a proper hygiene, of whosoever's <coughs> disease he had. And a certain man there, which had an infirmity 30 and eight years. And I'll just stop for a second there. Um, you can get the picture of how much a filthy place that was. People that could not move were there all day. Moving on. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that uh, case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole, Hugias? Wilt thou be clean, healthy, well, and of proper hygiene? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, hugios, clean, healthy, well, and of proper hygiene, and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, that word is coming, therapia, we'll talk about that later, <coughs> means to minister to someone uh, for their everyday needs. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. And he answered he, uh, them, he said, he that made me whole, hugios, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk, then Asked they him, What man is it that said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, Hugios, you're clean now, healthy, well, and of proper hygiene. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews, that it was Jesus which had made him whole, hugios, clean, healthy, proper hygiene. In other words, wholeness. What is this wholeness thing anyway? Wholeness, what does that say? What does that mean? Well, the biblical definition of wholeness um, is essential to understanding here. How are, it, it's of how we are to be purveyors or examples or representatives of the wholeness of righteous service. We are to proclaim sozo and io mei. And we're to proclaim hugios, zano, therapia, to the world. And be examples of such. Let's look at exano. The root word of hugios, it means to grow toward fulfillment of intended identity to increase or expand, to promote or raise position. Each time the Lord spoke of hugios, the implication was of a deeper and more substantial understanding of meaning and identity. Well, it wasn't substantial. It, it was not sig significant for us to merely look at appearance as an indicator of wholeness. How many know that's true? Yeah. true? People were not merely receiving an outward touch. There was an expectation of something within, profounder measure of identity and calling. What was Jesus looking to heal in that person that he healed besides the body? He was there to proclaim that I am the Messiah, the Son of God. I'm, I need followers. 
be healed and follow me. Represent me. Some people think that maybe he was there for a generation to make those people at that time feel better, and that was it. Now, this was for all time. And when he, as he said, when I leave, the Holy Spirit shall take my place, and he will be everywhere. The greater things that you shall do that you've seen me do. Well, Exano speaks of a, of a natural, spiritual, and purposed life that's growing or has grown into the life that is important in alignment with God's plan. It's either the miracle of proper development in all areas or it's a return to the life that we should have been living. It's a return to alignment to God's plan. A healing of uh, us taking the wrong road. You might think of it that way. He's healing that. Whatever that miracle is, it's a healing that puts us back or that continues to, to uh, put us on that right road that into a place where we can grow and become all that he was expecting us to be. When we were made, when he, when he, uh, when we were born, and even before, so Paul writing to the church in Colossians one ten said that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing, exano, to grow toward fulfillment according to God's plan, in the knowledge of God. How many times did he heal a child? Many times, didn't he? <clears throat> and then once the child received this axano, they're on the right path, and they are able then to grow to be the man or the woman that they were intended to be. That's the healing. That happens spiritually as well. Can you see that? Exano. Mentally, spiritually, and in body. Exano. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in three, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 and 7, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. That word increase is exano. God caused it to grow toward fulfillment according to God's plan. Not me, not Apollos, God. There's a lesson there for every modern day representative of Christ. We must... Um, make sure that we never claim what God has done. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase, exano, to grow toward fulfillment according to God's plan. Even before that, Paul and Peter were sort of the leaders in the early church and could have been contesting with one another, but they weren't. Peter put a stop to that. People were talking about following Paul or following Peter. Peter said, what's, what's important is that you follow Christ. He stopped all of that business by what he wrote to the church. That's important for us to know also, isn't it? Let's look at how Exano was used re regarding the natural realm as it, it compares to the kingdom of God. And Jesus used the parable of the mustard seed to communicate this concept in the natural. In the mustard seed parable, Matthew 13, 31 and 32, he said, another parable put he forth unto them, saying the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, that's exano, to grow toward fulfillment according to God's plan. When that happens, it is the greatest among herbs. 
and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. That little tiny seed has a purpose, and the exano of that is this huge tree, beautiful, strong, uh, fruitful, and of service. Well, speaking of Jesus, the scripture says in Luke 2, 39 through 40, and then they had performed, and excuse me, and when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned unto Gal into Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child, speaking of Jesus, and Jesus grew, exano, to grow toward fulfillment according to God's plan. When he had grown to that state, where he was where he was supposed to be according to God's plan. And waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Boy, here's another one all of us need to place within our hearts and remember for forever. Speaking of Jesus, John the Baptist said, John 3, verse 30, he must increase. Exano, he must grow. He must go toward the fulfillment of his ministry according to God's plan. It's him now, and I must decrease. Wow. Put that on TV, see how far you last. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dennis, stop it. <clears throat> the wise steward. Luke twelve forty two, and the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom this his Lord shall make ruler over his household? Therapia or therapeo. Has anyone ever been to rehab? I have. Tammy has. Yeah. Everybody, well, not everybody, but you were in rehab, weren't you, one time? Therapeia. That's therapeia, therapy. We get the word therapy from therapeia. Think of that in a, in a spiritual sense. Um, let me say this first. It means to wait upon or minister to and, and the definitions keep saying in a menial manner. I don't mean for that to sound unimportant. It's an everyday manner, an important everyday manner. Anybody that's been in therapy would say, it's important, <laughs> okay? It's not unimportant. Menial, it's detailed and it's necessary. And that's what we're talking about here, to relieve. Our modern day word therapy comes from this word, to wait upon or to serve menially. Someone with this gift is to be dedicated to the relieving of challenging situations. It's often a pastor or another who is called of God and actively ministers to our everyday challenges. Who else would it be besides a pastor that should be a minister, therapia, a menial manners to relieve who else does that should have that charge all of us, all of us thank you <laughs> every single one of us there isn't one of us who should not believe that we are charged with ministering in a menial way that means an everyday needs challenges directions advice mentoring on and on. Therapia. Luke twelve forty two, and the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household? And there the word household is, is taken from therapia. 
means to minister to in a meaningful, everyday manner or relieve, to give them their portion of meat in due season. Now, since it's a ruler over a household, it could be the house, it could be a corporation. A CEO could be the minister of therapy, right? Ruler over the household? Sure. Or the mom. <laughs> the one what's in charge. <laughs> all right? So we're all in that position. The Lord looks for someone to administrate his household. Jesus was asking the question who this might be, and the answer should be all of us, the same way or form. In order to qualify for this, we must be faithful and we must be wise. And this function is for mature, faithful, and wise Christians. Healing comes in all forms, and we cannot overlook our spiritual healing in times of need for ourselves and others. This is not a one-dimensional thing we're talking about. This is not body healing only. This is body, mind, and spirit. About unclean spirits, while we're talking about that, Luke 6, 18, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits and uh, they that were healed, therapia, ministered to in a menial, everyday manner. They were being bothered by unclean spirits. They were vexed by them. And Jesus healed them. It's called therapia. Notice in this case that the word does not say this type of spirit possessed these people, like we mentioned before in the other verse. Rather, these evil forces beset them. Jesus did not have to drive the demons out. He simply rebuked and prevented them from pestering these poor people any longer. Which would be harder for Jesus? To get them out or to keep them away? The same. Jesus healed the people according to their needs. Luke 9, 10 and 11. And the apostles, when they were returned, told him all that they had done, and he took them and he went aside privately into the desert place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. And the people, when they knew it, they followed him and, re and received them. And he sp and spake unto them of the kingdom of God and healed Eomai. He cured them and made them to function properly. Them that had need of healing therapia in this other manner. He healed them that way as well. Throughout all of these five kinds of healings, problems that were solved by Christ and are solved today through the Holy Spirit and Christ's sacrifice, is compassion. Compassion that Jesus had and has for each of us. The Holy Spirit shows compassion. God has the power and so the whole trinity is involved in compassion for our lives, not just in our bodies, but in our spirit and in our soul. And so the Bible records times when Jesus felt compassion. And uh, his real purpose from being, for, uh, for being here was to die for our sins and give us life through him and create followers of him in this world. It continues today, the purpose for healing. That's why it's done. Well, I pray and I never get anywhere and I never get, okay, we're not the judge. <laughs> but what is Jesus trying to reach into that person and what miracle is he looking to perform? 
it might be, and I can't judge, but he's reaching deeper into many lives and wanting more than what people are willing to give, even when they're asking for healing. Shall I just move on now? Everyone says amen. <laughs> Uh, and believe me, I'm talking to myself too, because we are human, aren't we? When the leper approached Jesus, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion in Mark 1, 40 through 44. And he was cleansed, he was healed, and he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away, and saith unto him, See that thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priest, to off and offer for the cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Mark 1, 40-44. When it said that the man went there and kneeled down in verse 40, in a certain way, it's reminiscent of the Hebrew word barak, which uh, means to kneel before a superior in order to receive a commissioning for service. What is your next order, sir? Is that kneeling position that the man must have taken according to, or at least it's reminiscent of that word. And so Jesus immediately gave him instructions according to his expectations. And he told him what to do because he was kneeling in that manner. Tell me what to do next and I will do it. He was showing his obedience as well as his faith. The two blind men in Matthew 20, 29 through 34, <laughs> look, at the, look at their uh, determination here. And as they departed from Jericho, the, a great multitude followed him. This was disciples and his, and his men. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still. <coughs> he called them and said, what will ye that I should do unto you? And they said unto him, Lord, that thou, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them, and he touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight. And then what happened? And they followed him. That's what he was looking for. Followers, believers, representatives, purveyors of wholeness and so the purpose of all of these healings and the other mir miracles was a declaration that he was the son of God and is the son of God and he's looking for followers believers let's conclude look at these five words on page seven sozo to save life and death situation, that kind of healing, the to cure, to heal, to make whole, to cause to properly function. The purpose is aligning to a person's divinely intended identity and, and role. Hujios, wholesome, clean, pure, to display the characteristics of wholeness, being clean and pure. Okay, these first three are supposed to describe a Christian, aren't they? Someone who has been saved from death, hell and the grave. Someone who has been made a whole, who is cured, body, mind, and spirit. Hujios, wholesome, someone who's wholesome, clean, and pure, displays the characteristics of wholeness, cleanliness, and purity. 
Exano, number four, the root word of Hugios. To grow towards fulfillment of an intended identity, to increase or expand, to promote or raise position. Someone once said, if you're not growing, you're declining, because you ain't standing still. That is true in so many ways, in the natural, in a career, in a business of any kind. If you're not growing, you're declining because you ain't standing still. No matter what you think, you're not standing still. And um, <coughs> it's true with uh, Exano to grow because he has a plan for our lives <coughs> we need to constantly ask ourselves am I fulfilling that the identity that he has for me I ha will have an identity in Christ I need to ask myself is it the identity that he wants me to have Am I who he wants me to be? That's what the healing was for. That's what Zozo was for. Therapeo, to wait upon, minister, in menial manner to relieve, unless you're too important. All right, moving on. Our word therapy comes from this word. Our ministry will be one of therapy to those who need it, spiritually, physically, mentally. <coughs> Our responsibilities are to do whatever Jesus desires us to do. For this, we receive a tremendous measure of authority and responsibility for his service. One, we must remember that his work and not that this is his work. It's not our work. We are following Christ, so represent him and fulfill his directions. I've heard so many people say, not from this church, <laughs> but so many people say, I studied and prepared a <coughs> lesson, and, and then I asked God to bless it. And I thought, wait a minute. That sounds nice, <coughs> but don't you ask God to bless it, and then you begin to study it. We need to do what he wants us to do. I came up with the plan to increase our church, and we're going to do this and this and this, and we're going to have numbers of people coming in and visitors, so get the cards ready, ushers, be on the alert. <coughs> Let's ask the Lord to bless our plan. Stop! <laughs> right there. Please. Let's ask the Lord to bless what we do and then ask him to help us decide what to do. Even tell us what to do would be better. Amen. All right. Number two, we must be faithful and continue to follow the will of the Heavenly Father and to those new areas of obedience where he leads us. Number three, God will provide for us in whatever purpose he has called us to be obedient. Provide for us. Give us the anointing. He'll give us the strength. He'll give us the mental acuteness. He will give us the spiritual authority. He will give us the spiritual dunamis power or the we will be conduits of his power is the way I look at it um, and he will give us all of that in order to fulfill what he wants us to do and what he wants us to be and how he wants us to function to be obedient before him help us Lord I pray to be your servants to understand that the, the power is from you and that we are 
the purveyors of that, the advertisers of that. And we are the Exhibit A, we're the representatives. We are the ones who point to you because of our wholeness in living for you. And when people see us, they see you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Any questions or comments?